the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and... Um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Yo, hey, John. Way too loud. No, not microphone. Those things on my ears. Thanks for joining with us tonight. This is the Bible Live broadcast. We're going to we're going to talk a little bit of politics tonight. This is the last program, the last Sunday evening before the big election day of 2016. And so, uh, if you'd like to call in and tell us what you're thinking and how you're going to be voting and what maybe make a case, 
a lot of folks now have already we voted. We want to know who you're voting for. A lot of people have already voted for it. <laughs> that accent is not helpful <laughs> in, this, in this political climate today. Boy, people are going to go for that. Um, they might want to know if Putin is calling in and giving us some advice and counsel here. Uh, that's become part of the a part of the political. Uh, I know nothing about WikiLeaks. All right. Well, there we go. Um, you can give us a call, 340-9585, all during the next 90 minutes. We're going to be looking at our final reading this year. Uh, this is another time through the Scriptures. We've made our way back to the back of the book, the last books of the Bible, the a little bit of the book of Zechariah, then the entire book of Malachi, the last book in the the Hebrew Scriptures, the Tanakh. And then we also read entirely the last book of the New Testament, the book of the Revelation. So uh, we'll be talking about those. Uh, <clears throat> there are some Im- important points there. Jacob has one that he's noted for me in the book of Malachi, which is very interesting. It's so interesting. So we'll talk about and that. Jacob did a great job pointing that out to me. He did. He did. He, we gave him a raise. He doubled his salary for the evening <clears throat> for that particular comment. And it's higher mathematics. Now I get out. now I get two soda bottles to turn into <laughs> HEB. That's right. And then we read the book of the Revelation, which is uh, also we, obviously uh, how many quotes from the Old Testament did you say? Two hundred and forty something. Uh, I understand it's two hundred and forty. Wow. So my position is this: I, I, I've read a lot of the stuff on everybody's understanding and teaching, and I, I'm not going to criticize. I cannot agree nor disagree. I do know I've not spent a lot of time on that book because I've been very busy on other parts of the Bible. Mm -hmm. I know sometime I'm not going to be able to avoid it. I'm going to have to deal with the book of Revelation. Particularly because if it's so fully, uh, uh, I mean... Not it would be almost not, impossible to no, understand that, that it without be, a view of the whole the Old Testament, like well, you have. That, it that'll may be, be this. That'd be very I, helpful. I do not believe, and the reason it's such a, a going to be for me a tedious and arduous chore, is I will be required, from my standards, to look up each and every verse and understand each and every verse, the two hundred and forty, perhaps, in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I I don't believe a person can understand Revelation without knowing what those mean. And we're going to have a perfect illustration, I hope, tonight. We're going to read in the th- book of third chapter of Malachi. Mm-hmm. You know the famous story, and I believe it's in Mark, chapter 9. Okay. Jesus is up on the mountain, and the story says this cloud comes along. He says, hey, that's my boy. Listen to him. Yes, okay. right. It's and just then, the, and uh, a, on the mountain uh, yeah. transfiguration. Right. Is that the, exactly. Okay. All right. So, uh-huh. so anyway, without being joking, as they're coming down the mountain, you know, his disciples say, hey, listen, you know, I don't, I don't want to cause any wrinkles here, Jesus, but I was just wondering, do, do you mind if I ask, why do our sages say that Elijah must come first? Jesus responds, well, that's because he must come and restore all things. Well, here's my question. And store restore what all things and if the answer and where jesus is getting this i'm going to assert is from malachi chapter three so that is a perfect example of why if i had to do the uh, book of revelation i would have to look up all the verses understand what they meant from other places in the bible the old testament the tanakh and so i could make uh, a coherent sense from the book of revelation yeah 
Well, that makes sense. And then there's a lot, a lot of quotes, as you said, 240 references or more uh, to the Hebrew Scriptures in the book of the Revelation. This is, of course, the book of the Revelation written. There, There is some difference of opinion about how late in the century. Some think as late as the 90s. 90 uh, AD others think that it must that was probably written even predating the the destruction of the temple uh in in 70 AD that occurred so uh well, there is some I'd like to see where they get that from but I mean I'm I'm open but I'd like to see where they get that from There is a stretch there well there's no reference to the destruction of the temple uh, which would be ah, something the absence simple. is the teaching lesson in in, in some ways it, it's one of the one of the factors if I remember I'm just trying to think off the top of my head some of the reasons i i i don't know i i um i i think it's earlier than the 90s but i'm uh, it's uh it's not in it doesn't make a difference as to i don't think as to the message the essential message of the scriptures no. of the book uh there there if you read on the technical basis there are four different approaches generally or classically to the book one of them is called the historical the preterist uh, has to do with how much of the book is futuristic, um, and that's another part of the futurist uh, understanding that that most of the book is written for believers or people who would live hundreds, even thousands of years later. Um, I'm kind of thinking. I don't think John would wrote a book that intended that nobody would understand it for you know a thousand years or more. Um, I think he wrote to the people of his era and his time, and it seems to me they understood what he meant. Uh, and I, I kind of take the, the idea that it was written for that era. Most of the book was already, has already been fulfilled. Uh, there are passages that talk about cycles and about mm, the way the world goes and works. It, it, they have these, we have these increasingly big circles and cycles of sin, repentance, restoration, you know, judgment, restoration, sin, repentance, uh, Sin, judgment, rest, uh, repentance, restoration, these broad, ever broader circles, these judgments. We talk about um, bowls and then there are trumpets and then so on. And it seems to talk about these these cycles of, of judgment and restoration that are going to take place during the time of harvest, during the time of uh, the years of this, the last days, when the last days includes everything from Jesus' death, resurrection on into the times in which we're living today, actually. So that's kind of the way I've come to view the book. And in that view, uh, some wonderful things to learn about God, about his ways, about his priorities, even in our era. Uh, And uh, something about human nature and the way the world works. We're seeing some of that even in our own country. We're in one of those cycles of of God's dealing with our country, with our nation. And and, um, many think that most that I know of, uh, most uh, believers that I respect in terms of their uh, walk with God in their understanding of Scripture would say that we are clearly in a time of judgment as a nation, and that there's a lot at stake. Uh, not not so much in the election; that is a part of it, of course. Uh, our leaders do reflect, to a sense, uh, our our understanding, uh, at least to the, for, for God's people, our understanding of what's right and good. Um, but so we, we're in we're living out some of those cycles. That's. That's just my overall big take, Jacob, on the book of Revelation. Uh, there are a lot of details you could go into and so on. But uh, essentially, I think it was a book written for all believers uh, during our era, not necessarily for futuristic uh, times. Well, a, a lot well, of leaders know, nowadays you know, try to use it, the prophetic emphasis. Speaking. What's going to happen may, in the may future? May I interrupt you know? and say speaking Certainly, for sure. uh, futuristic. 
We have a phone number. It is, you go ahead. 340-9585. Ah, uh, and that's area code 210. Three four. Did I say it right? <laughs> yeah, it's two ten. Sometimes I'm three four zero nine five nine five eight five. And so, if you'd like to give us a call, you certainly can. Les and, is on the and, line. And I do want to say this is the. I believe I'll bet you this is the lesson last week. Uh huh. I remember we tried to get him back because we accidentally let him go. Sure. And I do want to say that um, it. We have two, only two. Free subscriptions to the Biblical Archaeology magazine. Oh, good. I'm left. glad you brought that up. Yeah, and we only have two. So, and I know we put Les down as a winner last week, so he cannot have one second winning. But if other people want to get them, we only have two left. It's one year free subscription, and the phone number again is two ten three four zero nine five eight five. Should we go and uh, talk with Les? We right should now? talk to Les. Let's go visit with Les right now. Hi, Les. How are you this evening? Oh, just fine. How are you doing? I'm glad to hear hey, from man. you. And uh, this is a night we're, we're going to talk scriptures. We're going to talk the Bible and so on. You can free to talk about any of the books that I've mentioned, Zechariah, Malachi, Revelation, or any other thing on your mind, or uh, and or uh, if there's some relevance to our uh, political situation today, our social situation here in our own country, maybe you have some observations, something that's been on your heart and mind to, to uh, it's kind of helping you and guiding you. Uh, we'd love to hear that as well. All right. Well, the thing, of course, I'm probably deviating from tonight is back to where I was last Sunday night. Uh-huh. Matthew 21, verse 43. And we kind of come up with it, and I said that this could be the United States that Jesus was referring to. Yeah. That he'd take, take the kingdom. And, all right. One thing I want to make clear to myself is I am not supporting any type of replacement theology. Uh-huh. You know, that if he used the United States during the time of the Gentiles to help Israel, to help the world, get missionaries out and so forth, that's great. That time is coming to an end, but God is always, it's Israel is his homeland, Jerusalem is his city, the Jews are his people, and he'll never deviate from that. So I just want to make sure or make clear, no replacement theology am I supporting. All right. No, let, I let, deny it. let me uh, just bring people up to speed. You're talking about Matthew chapter 21, and, and uh, Les called us last week talking about the parable. This is during the last week of Jesus' life and ministry, actually after the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, Palm Sunday, and it's during that last week before his uh, uh, arrest and you know death and, and so on uh, ensues, his crucifixion. But during that week, he gave this parable in chapter 21, verse 33 there and following about a certain landowner planted a vineyard and built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice and so on. And he, the, uh, the farmers grabbed his servants and beat him, killed one. And then he sent his own son and they, and they killed him. And, and so Jesus, it, 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 obviously it became obvious to them, to the religious leaders of the era and the time, which uh, we've come to understand there was a, a very corrupt system and a corrupt um, leadership there in the nation at the time. And they understood that he was talking about them and they took umbrage. They took uh, uh, offense at that. And, uh, of course, this prompted, uh, as I said, during this last week, Jesus is more bold in his confronting of the religious leaders 
and of course, in some ways, prompting his own arrest and, and the thing, the uh, events that ensued. Now, um, he said then after that, the religious leaders asked him a question, and he said, "Did you ever read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone? This is the Lord's doing. And it's wonderful to see." I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away, taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper, proper fruit. Anyone who stumbles over that stone will be broken to pieces and it will crush anyone it falls on. And when the leading priests and Pharisees heard this parable, they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers. They wanted to arrest him at the moment, but they were afraid of the crowds who considered Jesus to be a prophet. So that's that's the passage that Les referred to last week, and again is calling about to uh, clarify that he's not thinking. He was, I think, last week. Les, your question had to do with uh, the kingdom of God taking away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. And your thoughts were maybe about um, the Gentile nations that came and rose a, a, under the a, under the influence after Jesus died, the resurrection, that. That idea, the Gentile nations, and of course, even you brought it down to even America, who has been a uh, America has been a haven of faith. It's been a a nation that has given itself greatly to the proclamation of the gospel around the world, and so on. Uh, and so, you're thinking that your idea was that maybe that figured into that that prophecy that Jesus seems to be mentioning here. But you're calling back to make sure that we don't get the idea that replace re, America replacing Israel or 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 even the right. Gentiles, the church may be replacing Israel. Uh, that, that's your point there, I think, right? Is that, am, I, am I understanding you correctly? That, that's, that's my point. Okay. All right. Well, I don't, I'm not a particular, uh, I, I don't like the term, actually, repra- replacement theology. I, I know that some have, some, uh, give me your idea, Les, of, what is replacement theology? I've used, I've heard the word, I've read about it. I have kind of, a, I think I see it clearly, but maybe it would help our listeners to understand. Maybe Jacob, you'd like to. Uh, you have a sense of what the, what is meant by the phrase. I, I know exactly what he means. Okay. And thank you, Les. And I agree with you. And thank you for everything you said. And let's go ahead and discuss it, please. Yeah, so, what what is replacement theology? Who me? Either well, let's I get Les first, let, and then let, you. Let Les address it sure. first. Go, Les. Well. The idea that I understand, what I've been told, is that wherever there's a statement about Israel, you replace it with the word church. Okay. That's the idea. Okay. That, like, Israel is wiped out. The church is taking its place, and Israel, in their eyes, these replacement theology people, that, in their eyes, Israel will never rise again. Israel, God's still with Israel and it's all about the church. That's my understanding about okay. replacement theology. Basically, uh, Jacob, is that kind of the way you understand yeah, it? Well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if I might add real quick, and because there's some difficulty with the verses and uh, the scriptures of the proponents of replacement theology, they have recently, in the last couple of years, few years, came up with a new polished version of replacement theology, which is called... New Covenant theology, and that's really meant to plug the holes that any any even a pedestrian religious reader can to say, well, that can't be the church because it's clearly refer, referring to Israel. So be, to plug those holes, they came up with something they now call New Covenant theology, and that was meant to say, 
Well, we're not going to talk about the church just replacing Israel, but uh, it's still the idea, as Les says, of replacement theology. But they're saying uh, the promises goes to the church, but all that bad stuff, that stays with Israel. And so that was their way of polishing up replacement theology under this new code word, new covenant theology. But Les is 100% right. The idea is that the church has replaced Israel and the Jews and the, and God's word and everything with everything new. So Les is 100% right. And, of course, from my perspective, as you might anticipate, uh, I don't think there's much that holds much water. All right. Sure. Well, great. Well, I, I, I'm glad you called in to clarify. I think uh, I think I see clearly what you're calling in to clarify. You didn't want to be taken wrongly in, in that thinking. Um, Correct. We can discuss a little bit more the idea of what is this relationship? What is the relationship between uh, God's people uh, before Messiah? Uh, I guess we would refer to that as Israel. Uh, the, the the term Israel, what what is meant by the term Israel, what is meant uh, as it's communicated to us in the scriptures, and what it means even today. Uh, we could talk about that in the light of the New Testament and some things that even the Jesus and even other, uh, the Apostle Paul, for example, others said. Uh, we can talk about that during the hour, and I'd be welcome to hear from anyone who has a thought. I don't particularly myself buy into replacement theology. I, I don't like the idea that we're replacing, but at the same time, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think Israel was replaced by anything. Uh, I think Israel was always, always, even in the Old Testament, it was never genetic in its basis. It was never, um, it was never a matter of bloodline. It was a matter of faith. Uh, the idea of Israel was a, a faith group. It wasn't a genetic biological grouping. Uh, now, obviously, clearly, there's some overlapping. There's some in that understanding, in, in both uh, in the Old Testament, but essentially, I think it's made clear in the Scriptures all along that it was a matter of faith, not bloodlines, not genetics. Um, even well, the Old Testament seems to make it clear that, uh, that Abraham is a father. It was a spiritual father, but before, beyond, more importantly than the idea of his um, the, the physical. Although the physical is crucial and vital as well, because it's part of the way God rolled you, you out the revelation of himself. Be, let, let me help out, Sophie. Thank you. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me say, you do Glub, not, glub, glub, glub. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. You do not have to be, and I think the Tanakh, the Old Testament, makes it clear. You do not have to be a physical, biological Jew to participate in Judaism mm-hmm. and or be part of Israel. You've made that clear through, the, I mean, uh, with the people, there, the base of Mount uh, Sinai you may, you and so retain on. retain your nationality, your religion, your culture, Rahab, your Ruth, others, but, many, many others. Yeah. yeah, so we've got this thing going on, and and I, I, I'm going to be very candid with you. I'm going to surprise you right. with this, and I'm going to surprise you, and probably... Uh, all, Are you going to surprise me after all this all, time? All, you think you can and surprise me? Our okay, let's six see. million listeners. Yes. All right. Yes. Now here it comes. I called in Colorado, one of the strongholds of the sponsors of this replacement theology, mm-hmm. and uh, or and or the new polished version, the new covenant theology. I got the guy on the phone, and I said, "Tell me and explain this to me." And I said, and I, and when I was talking to him, I talked to him. He gave me generously about an hour of his time wonderful and i said i don't understand this if you get into heaven from your religious point of view 
yeah, yeah. It's all right. Go ahead. I said, why? Uh, I said, why is it important that you be first? Isn't the fact that you got there? Isn't that the important thing? What difference does it make if you're first or second or you're the last guy? Then they shut the door. What difference does it make? I don't understand. And the guy really got kind of incensed. He says, well, it's important because we're, we're, we're the replacement. We're doing it. And I said, if you get in, why do you care who gets in front of you or after you? <laughs> I don't think. Now, don't worry. You don't have to explain it in our last eight seconds. I don't think I quite understand that discussion, but we'll come back and talk about it. 340-9585. We'll be right back. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist, pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers, and whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563, 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work and we had got our oil done before, it took us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't very expect nice. they to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Never be too far away from us. Download the KSLR app to your mobile device and listen to your favorite programs whenever and wherever you want. Download the app at kslr.com. This is the Bible Live, and uh, you are able to call in, be a part of the program, 340-9585. We're talking about uh, the books, the last chapters of the book of Zechariah. We read those this last week, and then the entire book of Malachi 
the last book of the Tanakh, the Hebrew Scriptures. And then over, jumping over, we finished up during uh, kind of Halloween week. It's always, these always kind of, um, they coincide here at the last week of, uh, of October. We read our last reading from the New Testament, the book of the Revelation. Next week, starting tomorrow, uh, will be our reading schedule will take us once again back to the beginning, back to uh, uh, the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and so on. So we'll start once more our journey through the Scriptures. I hope that you will join us and make it uh, a time of reading through the Scriptures for yourself as well. Starting the book of Genesis as opening chapters 1 through 3. You can go to uh, our Bible Live website, and there we have the the reading schedule. And you can see what are the chapters that we're reading through. So we'll we'll start again through the Scriptures this coming week. But right now we're focusing on the book of the Revelation. So unless it's called in to talk to us a little bit about his, uh, uh, his comments from last week, that he didn't want them to be taken in this this theological mm, uh, it's 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 I don't know if it's Sophie, new is less still there. Uh, I don't know for sure. I don't know if it's an is this whole thing of of, of replacement theology is it something that's extremely recent? Jacob, as far actually, as actually replacement theology is not recent, but because of the some of the criticism and some of the holes that was there, they have polished up this new replacement theology, but it's called New Covenant Theology now, which means it refers to spirituality, and the blessings go to the church, but the bad stuff stays with the old physical Jews. And that was because they were polishing it up. And uh, and so I understand that. And you know what? And they've got the right to believe whatever they want. I'm not criticizing them for that. Their beliefs are not friendly to me. But they've got the right to teach that. They've got the right to believe that. I think they're wrong, but that's fine with me. Yeah, I, I um, I have to admit a certain amount of ignorance about it in in terms of exactly what people believe. I, <laughs> I hate to myself personally. I hate to paint in huge, broad strokes uh, without like real specific specific understanding. So uh, that's just my own my own um, views. We can talk about the concept, at least as I understand it, of of uh, replacement theology. And, and I agree, I think, with you and Les both that there is no replacement that is taking place. Uh, my only point was, I think, throughout Old and New Testaments, God has always dealt with men and women from their heart, uh, their heart response to him. Uh, the, the principle has always been that we relate to God, we come into God's favor, we experience his favor and blessing uh, through the media of faith, trust, and obedience of Him, and as we understand, as God has revealed Himself, the way we respond to Him uh, through obedience and, and trusting Him is the means by which we bring uh, God and His blessings and uh, His tr- into our life experiences. Whether it be individually, and I think that's principally, it's a matter of individuals, but even as social groups and so on, um, it is confusing though. And I've always told you this, Jacob, from the very beginning that the Old Testament, it, it really. And and I can't help but think it's on purpose, maybe. Uh, maybe, uh, I guess maybe my thought is that uh, that it, at some level to some group of people that understand the culture, the language, the history, and so on, that it's not as confusing as it is to us Gentiles. But when we read the Old Testament, when we read the Bible from beginning to end, and we we begin to capture this idea and this this word Israel began. It's developed. It's frankly the first references it's given to Jacob, 
uh, one of the children, uh, Abraham and Isaac, and one of the two sons of, of Isaac, uh, Jacob and Esau. Jacob's name on one night, in one occasion, one moment, there's this a moment, there's a momentous occasion that his name is changed to Israel, meaning wrestled with for you have wrestled with God and won. And so may I offer? Let me let me just finish the thought, and I, I'm I'm saying this so that I want you to do okay, okay. throw in. All I'm right. just giving the background. You have this. This word Israel all in children of Israel now becomes to be the children of Jacob, the the 12 tribes of Israel and so on. They go down into into Egypt 400 years and so on. So the whole thing. And so you got this word Israel uh, kind of wrapped into the text and wrapped, yes. it comes to take on a meaning that's bigger yeah. than than originally there, that simple beginning. And it takes on this term of and it, 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 to me, it is a little confusing because I don't sometimes you don't know. Are we talking about this? This actual bloodline, this people group, the descendants, you know, biologically of this person, or are we talking about the the, the in a bigger sense the people of God, those of faith that sure. would include people from other? Right. It, to me, it's always I've wrestled with it for a lot of years, even decades now as a believer. Oh, well, then your name must be Israel. I've come to <laughs> no, I wrestle not with God. Of uh, this is I wrestle well, with the text okay. and understanding, yeah. but but. Yeah, I, I, I've kind of struggled with the concept. So uh, maybe you can shed some light, give us something of your well, understanding. Well, the first that thing would be I'd helpful. like to address is the misnomer of what Israel means. It, it it does not mean wrestled with God in the sense of opposing. If you notice the word, it's with God. He's on God's side. I didn't mean in the, just I to know. be clear, I didn't mean in the sense of opposing. I well, mean, struggle I, with, with I, God. Okay, just, I, I understand, but okay. I want to correct something. Israel means, if you actually go back in Genesis, it will give you the definition. It may actually means, if I may put it this way, these are not my words. This is from a very famous rabbi from Europe, from England. His name is Hertz, and his definition he has chosen, which is probably pretty accurate, is champion of God. Because if you look... You like that, right? Because that's your name as well. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Anyway, but the point is this. If you... uh, if you go back and look in Genesis where this action of the name takes place, the guy he's wrestling with, he says, you have wrestled with the divine. We are we are from Texas, folks. We wrestle down here. We okay. don't wrestle. But then look at the rest of the verse, and it goes on to say, and you have prevailed. Now, we know that man cannot wrestle and defeat God. So the idea is, is wrestle and prevail is actually the definition of Israel. And a good translation is champion of God. That takes place, it's either chapter 32, 33 of Genesis. But but his name doesn't get changed there. What happens is, it says the guy he's wrestling with says your name will be changed. In chapter 35, God shows up and changes his name. The guy he's wrestling with only knows it's going to happen. So it's a, it's a divine, an angel, if you like. But So he's wrestling. And that guy, that angel that he's wrestling with, if you look really closely, he injured Jacob pretty, pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. He hits him in his, it says thigh for polite purposes, mm-hmm. but it's his pro, uh, procreative areas. And that, and to this day, it says they don't eat that part, and that's true. And that's because the injury there. 
And what that, if you put that all together, what's going on is, and I'm going to tell you the most interesting, this is not in the Bible, but this is an interpretation from a rabbi in the 12th century. He says, and he actually wrote this out. He almost said it. He talked about the United Nations. He almost said his understanding, his explanation. He said, what this means is sometime in the future, <clears throat> the nations of the world will struggle with Israel. And uh, Israel will lose because of its prerogative areas. He, uh, in other words, his descendants. He will lose a great number of descendants. And then the nations of the world will bless Jacob and he will be Israel. Now, if that's not enough, almost it should give you goose pimples. Where is this you, you're talking about now? Well, it's in... Uh, I think it's chapter 32, 33. Well, 32 is where he wrestles uh-huh. with, okay, uh, with this. This okay. man comes to him in the night. Uh-huh. Well, let's wait, wait, that's finishing. Yeah. And so, and so he, he, say, he doesn't change his name. He says, your name will be. And in 35, God shows up and says, your name is now Israel. Okay. So the point is, uh, I understand the Christians take on that, and that's fine. But my point is about the name. I don't understand the Christian take. What's the difference? Well, because the Christians believe that he's wrestling with perhaps God or struggling against God, either spiritually, physically, whatever you want to take it as. But the Jews do not take it that way. Jacob named the place where he met with God that night, uh-huh. which he said names the place Peniel, which means face of God. Face for of. he said, I In have the seen, presence of is what that means. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet uh-huh. my life In the presence despaired. of. Now, let's get, look, do me one favor since you've looked that up. Look what it says. Your name will be Israel. And look what it says. Because you have what? You have fought with God and with men and have won. And have won. Jacob cannot beat God. He's only a man. Okay. Look, so, you're, you're giving your I'm I'm telling you my opinion is that this isn't about wrestling or resisting God. Uh, this is about this this battle. That's fine. Is a... It's this. I'm guy, really. You know what I'm driving at? I want to clarify the meaning of the name Israel. That's what I'm driving. That's, at. Me too. So the name of Israel is exactly what you read. It gives the it definition. It says here the name it says you means wrestle and prevail. wrestled with God and and prevail. One who struggles with God. The name Israel. Actually, the meaning of the word uh-huh. is one who struggles with God. That's incorrect. Okay. I don't care if it says that in your Bible or not. That's incorrect. No, it doesn't say it in the Bible. It's uh-huh. in the footnotes. Okay. The, the scholar, you know, the, the I, I know, I know what you're. Sure, I know what you're reading. But what so I'm what does the word actually? It's actually mean in itself. the text of the Bible itself. Go back. You actually did read it, and it says in the Bible text itself. And that's how I can always tell what these Hebrew names mean because it actually will write afterwards. Tell I just you. read it to you. It says from now on you will be called Israel. Because you have fought, struggled with God and with men, and have won, and have won. So, so that's why the the rabbis refer to it as a champion of God. He's not against God; he's for God. Huh. Okay. I, hopefully, you'll understand that we're not against. I'm not saying he wrestled against God either. Okay, and I'm not. The whole and point, I'm not debating that. The whole point of the evening, the the, the it looks like that it it says here. Um, it seems to make sense to me. Jacob's name was changed because Israel reflected the reality of his life. He had indeed struggled with God throughout his lifetime. Names carry more significance. It, 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 those of us who've struggled through, I, I know men and women who've, who've wrestled a long time and they struggle with the idea of God and what place they're going to give God sure. and what they're going to believe about God. It, it has every, been a spiritual every human kind of, being should do that. And, and those who have won have come to a, 
uh, uh-huh. they've come to a place of peace and right. reconciliation. And that's my only point. Whenever you hear somebody define the name Israel as somebody wrestles or struggles with God, and they stop right there, they are not defining the fullness of the name. The fullness of okay. the name. My only point, that's all I want to get to, is the name means, as it says right there in the Scripture, it wrestles with or struggles with and won. won. I have no problem because my understanding understanding of Israel is those people who have wrestled with God, they struggle with the concept, the ideas, the truths, maybe even rebelling against and... Uh, back, you know, three steps yeah. forward, four steps back, and that sort of thing. Right. But finally, they have they have come to a place of peace and reconciliation with God. They've come to know God. They've found peace well, with God. It then says, I think it says won. he won. They've won. Your version says won. They've, a version I'm familiar with prevailed. Yeah. Same idea. Okay. But what it means So that is, means the people who have come into the relationship uh, with God are now part of Israel, right? Well, now you're going a different dimension, and what you just no, said. No, no, I mean in the same absolute sense that I just said. They have wrestled with God. They've won. Okay. That means I, they I, have now come into. Now you're talking about the people, and I'm going to say yes to your statement about the people. The individuals. But I want it understood that the name Israel means exactly what it says, wrestled and won. That's what I mean by wrestled in one. That no, no, no. You would say everybody quotes this. No, Sophie, everybody quotes this, and they only use half the definition. No, I'm not using half the definition. Listen to me. I'm saying they have won. They have made peace now with they God. There's no peace. They won. They beat him. And that's not God. Oh, no, that's not that's what I right. mean by beat That's him. right, because. It doesn't mean they beat God. It that's that right, they... because a man cannot beat God. Well, I understand that. So why does it say this one? Because it's not God he's wrestling with. Here's a comment. It says, a man came. I don't care what your comments say. It says, a man came and wrestled with God, with Jacob all night. Jacob regarded the man as God himself in human form, seen from verse 30. I've seen God's face and so on. God certainly could have defeated Jacob in an instant's time, but he accommodated his strength to Jacob's. In that situation, Jacob wrestled tenaciously, for he wanted God's blessing Nevertheless, as dawn approached, the man knocked Jacob's hip out, hit about, hip out of joint and so on. So, so mm-hmm. I'm not talking about a, a beating God. Mm-hmm. I, I'm saying that he wrestled, struggled with mm-hmm. the understanding of God and knowing God. And finally, he won in the sense of he, peace came. He didn't, it's not that he defeated God. It's that he, he finally came out. He, main, he gained peace. Uh, the relationship with God. And it seems to me to be characteristic of, even today, believers. Well, uh, all we can say is this. My point solely and singularly is the name Israel, what it means. Okay. That's all I'm trying to get to. Okay, well, then I'm building on the name what well, it see, means. Well, see, you're taking it from there, and, I just, and I'll let you build, and that's fine, and I'll agree. But I want to make sure the name sure. and the definition okay. is understood. All right. Clarified. Jacob believes, and I think I do too. Well, the name bees, the ones that wrestled with God and won. There you so, go. And champion I of guess God. We're, champion of God would be the best definition. And I guess what we're—I I don't we even have, know what we're arguing we about. We have three. If I agree, here, if better. I agree with you, I'm not sure what we're arguing about. But maybe we're arguing about what it means that he won. Maybe that would be the No, day. I will tell you this. Two chapters later, God shows up in chapter 35. Uh-huh. God shows up and changes his name. Okay. But not so he's not wrestling from from the Jewish point of view. Not that you have to accept it. But in 32, he's not wrestling with God. He's wrestling with something divine like an angel. So but then in 35, it says God shows up and says, now your name is. All right. I don't 
see any huge difference in that. I mean, that's okay. But but okay. Well, let's move from there because I'm I'm trying to figure out. We're trying to figure out what does Israel yes, mean. What's that's the best my, understanding? The only reason I say this, and I made such a laborious point of it, is is because whenever I hear people define it, there I say, well, it means he who struggles with God, and it does not mean. That. Okay, and one fine. So every time you read the word Israel, you think of people who have wrestled with God in one? That's what you think of? I think the name, yes. Uh-huh. When you see the word Israel in the Bible, it's uh-huh. re- that's what you think of. Yes. Okay. I think I'm in harmony with that. Let's go to our phone lines. We've got, <laughs> we've got a number of people. First, let's go to line number three, and this is going to be uh, Bob. Bob, we are here hearing you. We're struggling. We're wrestling with each other here tonight. About this I won. I won. Tell Hi. <laughs> Hi. Good to hear you. Can I have a few minutes? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. I, well, it says I will not let you go until you bless me. Uh, the the, the Yabak, where they're... Uh, Holding each other, grabbing each other. Thirty-two, chapter thirty-two of, the, of uh, Genesis. Oh no, no, no! It's not, I, don't think, I don't know if it's thirty-two, but maybe it is. But uh, anyway, yeah, it might be thirty-two. You're right. Uh-huh. But uh, they're they're grabbing each other, and he says, "I will not let you go until you bless me." Therefore, he he, he did get the blessing. Therefore, he won, he got his way. He won. But uh, so when you see Israel, it's the one who, the one who gets the blessing because he's determined to get. He will not give up until he gets the blessing. Would, he that, would, be part, to, to, would that be part of what he means by and one? Yes. Uh, you, you, you may think, you may think of, of when you're, the, the, the teenagers called making out. Um, it, the, now, these were not too, they were not exactly making out, but they were they're grabbing each other, and he, he wanted, they wanted to, they want to bless each other, these teenagers making out, or a husband and wife making out. They want to be blessed. They want to bless each other. So, well, Bob, uh, let, let me ask you a question. More, more I, I, Bob, to, Bob oh, hang oh. on, hang on, hang on. I don't mean to interrupt the whole thing you're trying to say, but would you say that this idea of I will not let you go till you bless me, when he receives the blessing, is that kind of the idea of having one? Yes, he prevailed. He got his way. Okay, all right. He was he was blessed. So, all right. uh, but uh, as we see in, in in Psalm 73, if I could have just a little time here. Not too much, uh, but it, go it, for it. Yeah, make uh, try to make your point as quickly as you can. Okay, we've got two or uh, three callers it, behind you. <laughs> okay, it's uh, someone who's pure of heart is Israel, as you can see in seventy three one. We see in Leviticus nineteen, it, it's the the Torah, the law in in the Bible is totally different from the United States Code. You have to love the United States Code. Now, recently, has put in there's a hate crime. You can you cannot hate. Uh, do a hate crime in the United States Code, but there's no crime he says you have to love. But in, in Torah, in the scriptures, you have to love. And also, this is brought out in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, Deuteronomy chapter 11. It says you shall love the Elohim with all your heart. And uh, so uh, wow, good. this is, uh, so uh, it's, it's a little different. That is what is being Israel, and we, the... Uh, I, I, I want to. Uh, let, let me let me let me ask you let, just for just for clarification. Are you saying don't get exasperated? I'm just trying to make sure we understand what you're saying. That part of what you're saying is that one aspect of being part of Israel is that uh, we've won, as you said, God's blessing, and then the idea too that we love God, that we desire God, mm-hmm. honor, want to honor Him, please yeah. Him. 
Is that, that, that that's a point? Well, I guess what I want to I want to get I want to tie Revelation and Malachi together. Okay. Because I uh, the the previous caller had a, had a very interesting point, but we have to see that ecclesia ecclesia in the Greek, which has been unfortunately translated church, yes. but it that's really, it. as we see in Septuagint, it comes from kahal. Kahal, the, the Kahal Israel. So if you're in the church, you're in the Kahal. If you're in the Kahal, you're in the Kahal Israel. It, it relates to our, our, our word, our word call. And, and, uh, it says we have to come over. Abraham was called out of Babylon. He, he came over, uh, the, the, the uh, Euphrates River in, into uh, the land of Canaan, uh-huh. and we are we are called to come over. So as when you're in the ecclesia, it means you're in the kahal. You're, you're called, called over into it, into Israel. So uh, it's not replacement. It's uh, what I what I want to broach to you and 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 Jacob tonight is 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 the United States, the ten tribes, and um, the so-called lost sheep. But is it kind of taking on the the attributes of Babylon mm-hmm. as it grows as it grows older? And uh, if you look at times, times, and half a time from 1776, if you call the time 49 years a, a jubilee cycle, 49, 49, 49, 24 and a half is 171 and a half years. If you add that up, you you get to 1948 when Israel was. Uh, constituted by the UN. But uh, I, I, I want to show that uh, in, in uh, Malachi, it says uh, he would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. We have to turn back to men such as Jacob, who was named Israel. We, the children, have to turn our hearts back and realize, hey, he's our, that man is our father. Israel is our father, and we are Israel. So I'm saying I'm, at, I'm bringing up the, su- the subject for discussion. Is the United States uh, the the ten tribes, the lost sheep? And, Excellent. And, and, uh, okay. Excellent. So, well, well presented, well explained, well uh, referenced as far as the scripture. Uh, good question. Uh, and so let's let people respond to it, Bob. That's well, uh, can I ask Bob a question first? Even hey, yeah. Bob, how are you? How are you, <laughs> Bob? Are you there? Bob, talk. Well, he's not there. He's there. Oh, your turn. Oh. Yes, uh, Bob. I, oh, I was going to ask him a question. I got to have an answer. So, Bob, do you uh, did you hear about this guy? This preacher who kept going down the street, and he and he kept seeing the sign at a business, and it says, "We'd rather deal with a thousand pagans than one Christian." Finally, the preacher got so upset, he went in there and said, "Why do you say that? You'd rather deal with a thousand pagans than one Christian." And the guy says, well, look what our business is. We print Bibles. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Christians don't really look at the Bible as much as they should. Or... Well, he would like more pagans to read it as exactly. well. So, uh, exactly. You can look at it both <laughs> yeah. ways, I guess. I see. Anyway, in parting, can I just point out in Revelation, it's, there's a calling. As I'm, as I'm saying, we need to, in the church, we, need to, we are called it's to come out of her, my people. So that is, that also is a calling. Abraham got a calling, and uh, Israel got a calling. And if we're in the church, we have a calling, and we are the, the called out ones. So it's not replacement. We are Israel. But I, my throwing out for discussion is, is the United States the ten tribe? Okay. Thank you, Bob, very much. I appreciate it. It was a struggle. He had to struggle with Soapy to 
get all of that out. Uh, but I hope for you folks you've understood the, the idea that Bob is bringing up. Essentially, Jacob, I don't see any p- fundamental disagreement. We all kind of seem to be making the same point uh, that Israel, generally speaking, in the broadest sense, it, maybe I'm not getting what you're saying. But no, I, Sophie, I, in its broadest sense, if, it means if, that God's, if, God's people. If you'll let me, I think I sure. can make it compatible. Okay. You're talking about the idea of belonging, grouping, salvation, and what name the all the people of God belong to. And that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. I'm just trying to make everybody understand that what the name actually means. And I have to say, and I just have to say, that uh, technically it Bob is really not right. It says right there in the Scripture what it is. It says... Uh, it says right there, your name shall be Israel, because you rest with God and won or prevailed. So that's all that. And now, when but what talk- does? Okay, let me go further. What does that mean? What does that phrase mean? Do you wrestle with God and what? Well, I, I understand that he was wrestling on behalf of God not against God. Right. And this fellow that he's wrestling against, now I, I understand. Oh, okay. I remember now. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, that's so good. that's what I understand it to mean because, and the reason I understand that is because that's the Jewish take, because in chapter 35, God himself shows up and says, hey, now your name is Israel. Okay, so... Anyway, the so... The passage in chapter 32, then, I remember now that you... The the understand what, and I don't think all Jews agree with this. Like you say, no, you have what mm-hmm. five Jews and you have ten opinions or something like that. that mm-hmm. So not everybody agrees on this. But your idea is that that was not Satan, but it, uh, that not God, but actually it was Satan that he was wrestling with, if I remember correctly, right? Well, we must remember that Satan is an angel. True. Okay. I understand, but I do understand Satan's an angel, but. Is what I'm remembering true? The protecting, that I, the protecting angel, if you will, of Esau is Satan. Michael okay. goes for Israel. Satan goes for Esau. Okay, so your understanding is that in chapter 32, this is Satan that Jacob is wrestling yeah, with. Yeah, and I was trying to avoid that because I know that's going to be a hot button for some issues. Well, you know, it's either, it's either correct or not correct, and it, it doesn't have to be a matter of... Uh, but we have, we have whoever this guy is wrestling with, whoever he is. He does physical, permanent injury to Jacob. We have to take a break. We're out already. Let's come back and talk about it. You can don't leave us three four zero ninety five eighty five. Sorry, we are back. I'm fiddling with the buttons here, and I didn't. Why are you sorry that we're back? (laughs) No, not sorry we're back. (laughs) Sorry for the delay there. I was hitting buttons, and I didn't realize that the 
Time had flown by. It was already time to come back on the air. This is our last 30-minute segment, folks. It's been a lively one uh, this first hour. We, I and did we not anticipate. about nothing that we're supposed to talk about. Well, maybe this is what we're supposed to talk about tonight. Just, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm going to take it a little bit uh, in, a, in a spiritual vein there, this idea of Israel. We, we started off talking about uh, the, the, what we understand when we read the word Israel in the Bible. And I, I said that as a believer, I, I have been uh, working with that and thinking about that and pondering that and trying to solve it in my, minds for, in my own mind for, what, 40, 50, 60 years, ever since I was a young believer. Because if you start reading the Bible, you're going to read about Israel, New and Old and New Testaments, Israel, 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 Israel. It's going to come out. The word is there over and over and over again. So sooner or later, you kind of get against what in the world? What does that mean? And and well, uh, I, I understand, and I guess, and, and I guess that's you know, it's your, it seems important. It's your yeah. Well, obviously, it's there a lot. So I understand your sensitivity to the issue, and I guess uh, that's important. And I should struggle further to understand your sensitivity to it. But I guess for me, it's just so fundamental, open and closed. I guess I have some difficulty. But that's what I keep trying to get you to ask ask you. What does it mean? And all you can say is it means they wrestled with God and won. No, and so that's no, the reason I said to you, the, I, that's the name. That's it. That's but, what it means, literally. But what I was asking, what do you mean when you say that phrase? What does the phrase mean? Even? Because uh, as I understand it, like even in New Testament, in the first chapter of Hebrews, it quotes a psalm, I believe, uh-huh. which also is in Samuel, mm-hmm. that he made man a little lower than the angels. Aha. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So you got this creature, this human being that's above the animal kingdom, physical. And a, and but a little below the spiritual angel, but he because of that he has his free will. This is that complicated. The word the defining of the word Israel goes back to the actual creation, the nature of man. It is that complicated, huh? No, we'll just accept what you say and go on. No, 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 no. I want to hear. I, do it goes back to the actual nature of human beings. Well, it then. says he struggles with man, physical and spiritual, and okay. so any human mm. being that does that can be an Israel or an Isra- Israeli, you might say. Mm-hmm. So he can be that, and there's all kinds of people, frankly, from many different religions that always have that kind of struggle. And, uh, and win. And 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 win, yes, huh? And so they overcome the physical and the spiritual to be acceptable. They have made the choice to be, a, a, you might say, a spiritual conducting human being. All right. It sounds like we're agreeing. In the broadest sense of the word. Yes. Don't be sexist. Israel means. <laughs> Israel means the people of God, people who have. Come to I, yeah, I, I don't have God. any problem with that. Oh, they, they, and if that's the focus of or speaking okay. of, then I do not disagree. In the broadest, now I do agree that there is a people group we call uh, Israel. Later on, uh, the word Jew becomes a part yeah. of the vocabulary because of the uh-huh. descendants of Judah. I believe that's where that came from, right? Jews. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so there is a people group involved, and there is an actual. Territory. There are some boundaries or some physical land. I can see where a person called Israel. I can see where a person might get confused by saying, "Now you're talking about the country, the people, the land, the religion." Thank you. (laughs) Finally, someone who understands. I I acknowledge it. 
you could easily be confused. Especially if we're, like I say, we're just ignorant little Gentiles here. We're just a little so patchy the, kid that came to Christ. You're not going to run it on me or any of the six million <laughs> out here that uh, that you uh, no. that, you're, that you're an ignorant gentile. No, I, don't, I know. Don't that go was... begging for sympathy with me. <laughs> Please let me have some sympathy. The point is that, that no, no, we are. We approach these things and we read this book and we we don't have all of this rich vocabulary and background and language and history and traditions and and so we just read that word over and. and I'll be, it really, maybe you can't identify with it because you've grown up in that structure. But for me, I've read and I've always, now what can, I've seen obviously the word has different meanings in the different contexts and the different passage you read it in. It may be referring to um, this people group. It may be repar, repar, uh, referring to a biological group of people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, I, um, Jacob and Esau and so on and then Jacob and the 12 tribes and the blah 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 we go to and maybe talking about that actual physical people group nation group and or maybe the land uh, and so on but in the broadest sense I think it's helpful to go back and realize and remember that that it's a picture and it's not replacement theology in the sense that all of a sudden now we come in replaced uh, it's my understanding that it's always been God has always been calling out a people for himself. I will be their God. They will be my people. And the the, the choosing of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, and this people group was part of that redemptive plan, the bigger plan even, to call out from all the nations, all the tribes, all the language groups, a people for himself. Uh, that's It seems to be the central plan of the scriptures, actually, is uh, God is calling out a people uh, for himself. And someday that work will be complete. And as we see in the book of Revelation, kind of bring us back to our text tonight, uh, it talks about these cycles of judgment, God's dealings with humanity in this interim as we as he deals, as he keeps the you know, the nations alive. The, the, you know, he has put some guards in, in place to help guard the, sanct- the safety of the nations and that the human race keeps expanding. But all this time, he's calling out men and women, boys and girls from every nation tribe to himself. Someday... The time of harvest will be complete, and we at least our understanding is that Messiah will return, Jesus will return, history will end as we know it, we'll enter another time of God pulling together, the curtain will be drawn on history, and God's people will go to be with him forever, and and, uh, and we'll enter into the, the time of eternity. Whatever that's going to mean, we do have some thoughts about it, but Maybe you have a thought you'd like to share with us tonight, 340-9585. still on the line. The biggest picture. Let's go and visit with, uh, I think it's um, Les? Lee. Lee. I got the last letter wrong. Lee, I'm so glad you hung on with us. Thank you. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it wasn't that boring, but yes, good, good. thank you. I don't think anybody thought tonight was boring. Yeah, thank you for hanging on with us. No kidding. Oh, hey, you're welcome. There's something on behind you, if you could turn off so we don't get a feedback. I think. Okay, I have nothing on. Okay, turn your radio yeah. off and let us hear from you now. What's on Okay, yeah, the radio's off. Okay. Uh, I want to uh, take advantage of your opening statements and make three or four very quick points. Go for it. To help uh, our people that are going to be voting Tuesday. Uh, The first point is the uh, founders were biblical experts, and they got the the uh, uh, foundation for the three points of our government 
legislative, judicial, and executive from Isaiah 33:22, which says the Lord is our king, the Lord is our lawgiver, and the Lord is our judge. So relating that, that they sifted our country through Scripture, I'm recommending that everybody look at the platforms of the two parties and see which one, uh, which one uh, party comes close to biblical standards. For example, uh, abortion on demand. Uh, I don't know if you want me to name the parties, but there's one party that's succinctly so, uh, against that. The Democratic Party supports that, and the Republican Party uh, is very good. Yeah. So I would suggest that people sift the platform through the Bible, and also it's very important that um, you you uh, make a choice for your presidential candidate, because if you neglect that, then you're just giving the vote to the opposite party. Um, so I wanted to, uh, you know, just make that suggestion. Encourage people to vote, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Um, the, the founders, uh, I don't have the quote in front of me, but if you get on wall builders and and uh, 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 Google voting or elections, you'll find a myriad of support from our founders and later people to uh, the importance that God has given us. The, uh, this is a, 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 a constitutional representative republic. It's not a democracy. Mm-hmm. The founders called the democracy a mobocracy, where you could decide one day that everybody drives a red convertible and they have to go. Uh, it's not the way that the founders set this government up. Uh, the, the people are the fourth part of this government. We have the three, but the people are the fourth uh, part of the government. Uh, so I wanted to, to share those. There are other parts to the platforms, such as defunding Planned Parenthood, and we all know that they misrepresent women's health, tearing a, a baby out of a woman's womb has nothing to do with health of the mother. Uh, and I, I would say that the Republicans are very much for defunding that organization. We're, we're guilty of murdering over 50 million babies in this country, mm. and that blood is crying out to God, and we need his mercy, and we need his forgiveness. And we but need to please repent. get it. We need to repent. What's that, sir? And we need to repent and turn away from that policy, from that practice. Yes, sir. Yes, we do. So I hope I hope that helps um, uh, our our uh, sure our voters to uh, uh, to go out and vote and to use the Bible because we claim that we're Christ's people. Uh, then we need to use the book. We're in Revelation 19.13. It declares his name is the Word of God. Mm. Uh, it's all his, not just the red letters. And there's many principles in Scripture for, for our government, and that's where the founders got theirs. Very well said, Lee. Very well said and a good admonition. Uh, maybe food for thought. People still uh, thinking about who they're going to vote for. We do want you. Uh, we do know that a lot of folks have already voted in, in absentee. I, I absentee voted. I, I was so fortunate. I showed up at the polls, Jacob, and then I went in. There were two people, and I just got right in and voted. When I walked out for my vote, there were fifty people in line. I thought, well, and I didn't take that long either. No, wasn't that, uh, I was going to say, yeah. Where'd you go in and nine come out at two? Yeah, something like that. But no, I, I just happened to hit this uh, this wonderful time where I could get right in and vote and. 
get it done and take my time. But I didn't take that long. But when I came out, there was a big, long line all of a sudden. So uh must have been a time of day when people got off for maybe lunch or something like that. But anyway, uh, if you haven't absentee voted, we just do, do encourage you to pray. Think about uh, founding fathers. Think about the this it actually is an election. It's not just one of those run-of-the-mill, humdrum, well, which politician, this, oh, it's all going to, it won't matter one politician or the other politician. We've been saying it for years. There's been this continual buildup, and as America moves, uh, lurches left, uh, the country is, uh, after all the battles against socialism and communism around the world, we're lurching into it. We're, We're now voluntarily walking as other socialistic nations are turning and running and trying to get back away from uh, their disastrous economies and so on, we seem to be moving um, just come just steadily, step by step, swinging to the left, farther to the left. And, uh, you know, th- this is what it's all about. If, if that's going to be our journey, we want to continue moving toward socialism, even toward communism. Uh, Bernie Sanders is a, was a devout, out-and-out, clear socialist. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's not a matter of an opinion. That's exactly who he was, self-described. Um, and the the Democratic Party has become more and more and more, uh, in the economic sense, more leftist, more socialistic in understanding, moving away from our capitalistic roots and uh, freedom, things of freedom. We're moving to a larger, more uh, powerful government control and government intrusion to every area of life. It's a, it's a reality. So this is an election where huge difference will be made. The direction of the country. I have a. I don't really care so much myself in a sense. Uh, you know, I'm I'm an older man. It's probably not going to affect me that much. I have children and a grandchild though, and I worry about the the. They're not going to experience the freedoms. Uh, that we experience, and the the prosperity and the the benefits that come from living in a in a free nation, uh, it, more and more government intrusion, government power, uh, which of course the scriptures warn us about over and over and over. We point it out as, at every turn as we move through the Bible. Um, I too have a very hard time at this point in our history, uh, and I'm not talking about big D Democrat or big R Republican so much. I, that's not the basis upon which I make my vote, uh, my party affiliation. I try to think of different individuals, the, the actual things they stand for, uh, the actual, um, what would you call the actual issues that, that involve, like Lee just talked about, whether it's life or whether it's economy, economic, and so on. What does this <clears> mean? <throat> no, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm sure. joking because no, we're talking about Israel's man. Sure, sure. Yeah, oh, now, yeah, we we did make a jump here, but it, it is if I'll make the connection. Oh, no, I'm joking. Okay, but I okay. do want to tie something. But as, but as people of God, I'm trying to exhort the people of God to pray, think, go, and well, be I salt, think, be I think light. I got that message. Okay, go for it. But I'd like to, uh, Bob has recontacted us, and he'd like to have your thoughts on this idea, uh, is America the Ten Tribes? Yeah, uh, Bob, we talked about it. Jacob and I did off the. I I have no idea. I it seems like I remember in uh, Mormon theology and the Mormon uh, what it pretends to be a Mormon uh, revelation that uh, Joseph Smith supposedly got from these uh, hieroglyph uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics that were translated to him from the Urim and the Thummim and all that. That uh, these early people that he described in in uh, the Book of Mormon is supposedly had something to do with these ten tribes. And what they mean, folks, by the ten tribes is when when 
when uh, um, when Assyria in uh, seven. Uh, 730? 722. 722 B.C., Assyria conquered Israel from the north, and they uh, they took the northern, and they took people captive and marched them out in chains, uh, and these ten tribes were never reconstituted. They never came back uh, as the, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin in the south. They went off to, to Babylon. They, too, were in exile, but they were allowed to return uh, in, in the in the time of What's that? The Babylonian king Cyrus, Cyrus allowed them to return. But but the ten tribes in the north uh, scattered, the, the the dispersed. We, they were not reconstituted as a people coming back, and so it's always kind of been a mystery. Is it was that a right good word about what happened to the ten tribes? Where are they? Are they now being regathered back into Israel? And well, there's all kinds of questions uh, is, about it. Uh, Lee, what do you think about that? Well, I one of the questions I had, and I don't know if I have the term correct or not, but was the person who wrestled with him, was that a Christophany? Was that the appearance, uh, an Old Testament appearance of Christ? You'll have to make up your own mind about that. I think it was, uh, okay. Lee, I hear an echo. I'm sorry, it's probably distorting out for our listeners. Can you, do you have a radio on or anything? Is no, nothing. No, I, so what I, I have a cell phone on the floor, but I'm, uh, that's all I have. Oh, but then right. that's, I think it's us, Sophie. I think it's us. So let me, uh, uh, there is one theory, Jacob has mentioned, that some think that it might have been Satan. Others think it might have been an angel or a man. I, I, I don't know if it was a theophany in the sense of uh, a Christophany, uh, the, the, the Messiah himself, or just God appearing as a man. Uh, but it, it appears in the passage, as I just read it in my kind of goofy, shallow, Gentile way, in English here, it appears that he says, I've seen God face to face and so on. It appears that he wrestled with God in that evening and so on. Somehow this was God. Uh, whether it was a, a pre-incarnate, uh, you know, from the Son of God, I, I don't know. what Do you... Is that what you come to believe, or are you just throwing out the question? Well, I was liking it to Joshua uh, yeah. being being accosted by the captain of the Lord's host, and I, and I feel strongly that that was a Christophany. But um, I, I just, uh, I, to me, it was a test, and uh, I, I just I can see Christ coming and doing that. Uh, but I, I just, that's why I wanted to throw that out. Yeah. You guys are the experts. <laughs> Look at that. Hey, see how he did that? No, he I, turned that right around. Soapy <laughs> says he's just a, whatever he says he is. And I'm just a dumb old little Jewish guy that happened to have read the Bible one time. So you, you guys probably. But he is an expert in his own opinion. Uh, right? Uh, you always say that. Uh, so. In my, in my own opinion, I am. But I will say, and Lee, if you're comfortable with that and that works for you, then I encourage you to follow that thought and that belief because that's something that's working for you and you accept that and you believe that. Well, it's an intervention issue. And Christ, just as he intervened in my life in Vietnam and brought me to a saving knowledge of Christ, uh, he, he intervenes. He graciously intervenes and, uh, and directs his, his purposes. And I just thought that was a significant intervention. The only, in, in the his only life. question across my mind is, with uh, and I'm not, I'm not, and I can say if it's good for you, it's good for me, okay. But um, the only thing is, is that the cause. What, what I would be troubled by is the causing of the permanent injury to Jacob, and that's a permanent injury. 
and I, and symbolically, that's talking about his future descendants, his children. So, uh, but the injury is permanent. And uh, do you? What do you think about that? How do you deal with that? Is part of your understanding? Well, I I, I see Saint Paul having a permanent injury that was never healed. Uh, and of course, in real and you know, I think of Johnny Erickson. She's never been healed. Um, so there was there was probably purpose in that that God could use in his life as it as it uh, as it went on. But they, but God didn't to those two folks you named, as at least I understand, God didn't do that to them. That's just something that was. But in this story, we got this guy doing this. So and, do you have a particular problem with that? Oh, if, if yeah. God were to oh yeah, to cause a sure I do. Okay. <laughs> Jacob has no no problem at all judging God. I, I'm a little bit slower. <laughs> if it were God, I think I would talk to him at church next time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, I, I would I would want to I would want to think about it a little longer, I guess. But anyway, uh, there there we have it. You've brought up a couple of good ideas. It could be a consideration. Uh, uh, I've heard people think of this as a pre-incarnate visit of Messiah of the and Son of I God. And I want to say that I've heard that too. And and my position is that's great if that's how a person deals with it and accepts it. I can live with that. You don't see any particular. It's not terrible consequences it's, of I, that I would belief? not say that it's heretical. No. Uh, well, wrong. that helps. No, <laughs> not heretical. <laughs> just wrong. But anyway, good. <laughs> yeah. Lee, thanks for calling in. You're, You're welcome, sir. God bless you. You too, brother. Thanks for your Thank you. Well, Lee, uh, good calls this uh, this hour. I, I, you know, it isn't where we thought we'd go, Jacob. We didn't even touch on what we're supposed to talk about. We had some very interesting stuff. What did we? Uh, what was it about politics? Well, what we talked about before the show. I I can't even remember that. I understand. I am so what terrible. What did you have for breakfast? I don't know. Let me see. I had do- two donuts. Can you believe it? I ate two donuts today, and I'm not supposed to do that, but. I was at the uh, Lackland, and we served donuts for our hotel and no, our guests. We're always going to talk about when Jesus donuts. came down, and he said, Elijah will come first. We're going to explain where that comes oh, from yes. and where he got that from is the book of Malachi. Malachi. Yes. And then we're going to talk about something in Revelation about how the ten tribes are listed. There has to be a deeper meaning there because they're not listed correctly. So... And one of the one. Do you of remember the, the chapter of that, one by of, the way? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, yeah. Well, I can get it. I'm just thinking if someone wanted to look that up and know well, what you're talking yeah, about, you know, you they could. Take my time to do that. Oh no! Don't go ahead. Go ahead. Don't. Uh, anyway, so the point is, is that one of the things sometimes in Hebrew writing, sometimes they expect you to know something, and if they leave something out intentionally, that's because they're wanting you to catch what's meant. They expect you to catch it, and they expect that's part of their actual presentation. Uh, is so the fact that the you're fact going to catch that, that, that listed wrong is not uh, is, does not mean necessarily it's an error or a mistake nothing like that it may mean exactly the opposite but they want you to understand that uh, they're doing this on purpose and it is uh, chapter seven verse four through eight now and there is a tribe that's not mentioned I will tell you this in the uh, real quickly in the Tanakh the Old Testament. Any time you see the name Joseph, that includes the tribes of Ephraim. Manasseh and Ephraim, right? I can do that while I'm drinking water, you know. Is that right, though? Did I guess it right? Yeah, you guessed it right, sir. Okay. So, but, so, but here you'll see Manasseh mentioned and Joseph mentioned. So I, I'm not saying it's an error. I'm saying that maybe something's going on 
I just haven't had time to really analyze and think about. But this guy may be saying something that's very important that we should understand. Uh, but we do, but we what do is know the, other the tribe, tribe of Dan is not there. What was the other tribe you said? Uh, Manasseh and Ephraim. Ephraim is not listed. Yes, that's right. But Maybe that see, would be in Joseph. Verse, in verse uh, 6, he does list Manasseh. Yes, that's true. But not Ephraim. And that's interesting. In verse 8, he says Joseph. He and says, you, And you'll never find in the Bible where Joseph is mentioned in the other tribe too, unless you're making some kind of a point. Hmm. Which was his oldest son, Manasseh or Ephraim? Manasseh, right? The one no, Ephraim was the oldest, but Manasseh was given the blessing. I think we're out of time. We are. Come back and see us next week, folks, here on The Bible Live. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.